Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So, Brad, I was listening to uh, Jim Hills and Lynn Testa's podcast, The Disney Dish, because um, I, so I try not to listen to too many other podcasts that are super similar to ours because I find that if I listen to a whole bunch of Disney podcasts, I kind of just start to parrot everybody else's. Yeah, it's it's really hard. Like I I want to listen to everybody else's stuff, but if I hear their take on something, I find myself in this position of, okay, yeah, I agree with that. So when right. you ask me what I think, I'm just going to repeat what you could hear on somebody else's podcast. Right. Yeah, let me just say exactly that. But Lynn Testa, who writes the unofficial guides to Disney Disney World and all the Disney parks and stuff, uh, is very good. And Jim Hill is super duper knowledgeable, and uh, they're both really funny. It's a it's a good podcast, The Disney Dish. But they were talking about this week's Skyliners. episode brought to you by The Disney Dish. Sorry, they were talking about Skyliners, and Jim said something interesting. He said that Disney is offering overtime. Uh, work shifts where all you do is ride the Skyliner while the uh, while the cast members, the other cast members, train to do load and unload and and all that stuff. And I just thought that was incredibly uh, strange and interesting that you you could literally sign up to work a few hours where all you do is ride the Skyliner back and forth and be loaded and unloaded from it. So when you said when you said work, I mean we don't we don't use video so I can't see you right now, but I'm assuming there were like big air quotes you were making, right? As hey man, you said that if word. If you're if you're getting paid overtime to do this, then it is work. Yeah. Sit yeah. on sit on Skyliner, go to next station, get off, get back on. <laughs> Move to next station. I think I think it's amazing. I'll I would be right do it back. Yeah, yeah. My my job is over with, done with, because I am now Mister Skyliner. That's... Skyliner testing man. I'm going to be so good at getting on and off of those. <laughs> I'll be able but... to teach you how to get me on and off of this Skyliner. When you when you get to do this job, do they give you a part to play? Because <laughs> let's be honest, you don't. Maybe for the first day, you need the just get the basics down, get a normal person on and off of the Skyliner. But then by day two, you need the person who has had it, Mm -hmm. right? Because they've had the long day. Ooh, and you know what? Because the Skyliner goes to Epcot, you need the person who went around the world (laughs) and ended up at the Skyliner at the end of the day trying to get them on the Skyliner. And trying to hold back the, you know, little kid who thinks it'll be real fun to jump in front of the, you know, like, let's, let's spice it up a little bit for the cast members. So I know that, that this is kind of a bit, but I, I do think that they probably do that. They probably have someone who is, you know, supposed to be, uh, I don't know, angry or whatever, but I, I bet you they also have people who are like, Hey, you're in an ECV. You're in a wheelchair. You know, you have crutches. And 
you guys need to learn how to how to load and unload these people and how to pull that one car off of the main track onto the other track and load the CCV or whatever. I bet you they have people who are playing those those parts. You know? Now, yes. While it would be fun to actually ride an ECV, wouldn't it be more fun to just be the per like they just hang a a a, a piece of paper around your neck that says ECV? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and go ahead. Have, get and you have to go so, yes. every time you start I'm moving. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. We can't afford to do an ECV rental for tonight, so you're just going to have to pretend. Uh-oh, my battery's dead. Dang. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> oh, man. I, I could have a lot of fun with this job. I could also lose this job. Yeah, I think you would, you, you would have so much fun, you'd lose it very quickly. Man, what did, what what job were you doing when you got fired? Riding the Skyliner. It was, was just ECV. too hard. I was ECV three. I am ECV. Mm, man, yeah, but it it's it's also interesting to me. I guess that I I've seen these listings as well, and they are needing people what uh two months before this thing actually goes live that feels kind of early doesn't it well but i don't i don't expect they're going to have people from two months before to the day before i would bet there's like a testing training phase with the people and then it's just you know kind of making sure everything's working. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine you need 2 months. Maybe of this, of maybe this, this is just training. Yeah, maybe this is just how much time you need to get everybody signed up and make sure you've got all the shifts covered and that. Mm-hmm. Cuz I, I I guess I haven't paid any attention to when the start date for this particular shift is. Uh but it wouldn't make any sense to me to to train like a month and a half out and then do nothing for a couple of weeks. And then suddenly have real people, right? You would want to be trained or at least maybe maybe get at least a refresher course right before you have to deal with guests because you know, you, you mess up with a with a cast member, somebody who's on the payroll, it's it's not great, but it's still a heck of a lot better than you mess up with a guest. So you mess up with a cast member, you get a talking to. You mess up with a guest, you get shown the door. It's it's exciting to hear that things are continuing to move forward, and I I I assume people are still going to be uh, hoping for that date to move forward a little bit. And you know what? I still think it could, because while Disney has announced it, they're not above like soft launching and saying it officially launched on this day. But maybe we soft launched it a couple of days or a week early or something like that. Right. I I don't think that's entirely outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, what the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens August 29th and the word on the street is they're starting cast member previews August 1st, I think. And then uh, annual pass holder previews. August 17th. So that's, that's a soft opening. So if they yeah. can soft open a land, they can soft open a, uh, a, a mode of transportation. Sure. Yeah. Well, and especially like 
they could just open, you know, the Pop Century to Caribbean Beach line. Or Pop Century to, you know, Caribbean Beach and Hollywood Studio. That would be, would that not be the weirdest thing if they're like, okay, guys, we're not opening anything, neither the Caribbean Beach to Epcot nor Caribbean Beach to uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios are going to be open. The only thing we're opening is just Pop Century and Caribbean Beach. Oh, yeah, I guess that doesn't really make I much ho- sense. I hope, you, I hope you really want to. I, at that point, you're just writing it for the sake of writing it, right? Yeah, or, that's like or, the, uh, or because you've got I, I have a, a reservation at Sebastian's Grotto, I guess. I, Bistro, sorry. Uh, <laughs> every time we go, we, we take a uh, what ceremonial trip around the resort loop. So I guess that would just be your, you know, hey, I'm on the Skyliner, and then I'm going to turn around and go back to Pop Century, and then go somewhere I actually want to go. So you could take your, your one little mini loop. But they could do that. They I could guess, they could just uh, open one or two branches as a as a soft opening, make it more of an attraction than a mode of transportation, <laughs> I guess. Oh, that that would What about if it didn't even What about if they only opened one? Right? And it you, was you just the Caribbean pops, beach and Yeah, but and it you just can't get around. out. Yeah, you can't get out. You can only enter and exit at the Pop Century uh, Art of Animation spot. I want to. I want to see that. I want to see the frustration on people's faces as they just go by Caribbean. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry, you can't get out here. It's you. You can see it, but that's it. Now go back. Wait, my my reservation. <laughs> go back where you came from. That's that's what they will be saying. So we talked a little bit about uh, Savi's workshop and Oga's Cantina back when Galaxy's Edge first opened in uh, Disneyland, but. They've changed some of the stuff about Savi's workshop and Oga's Cantina. Um, the Oga's one is just that you can make reservations earlier. Um, that's not super interesting to me. The Savi's uh, changes are interesting. So basically, when you build a lightsaber at Savi's, you get this tray full of scrap metal. And you pick from all the scrap metal to build your lightsaber. Then, when you're done, all the other, the scrap metal you didn't choose kind of just goes back into the, the pot, you know, for other people to choose from. Now you are able to go back and buy other pieces. Like, so you can go in and get extra pieces of, of they call it scrap metal because Savi's is ostensibly a scrap metal place. And... He just builds lightsabers on the down low. And so when you walk up, if you ask Savi about it, he won't tell you anything because he doesn't actually build lightsabers. Wink, wink, wink. So you can go back now uh, within within 48 hours of your original purchase. And as long as you bring your receipt, you can buy another two pieces and... You can, I guess you're supposed to only buy the pieces for the hilt theme you originally chose because other, other themes might not fit on yours. But, um, the, the interesting thing to me is when this, when they first started doing this, like a week ago or so, there was no limit. And now it's two pieces because jerks. We're going in there and buying all the kyber crystals and buying all the pieces and buying all the, you know, everything and selling them on eBay. And now you can only buy two. Ruining it for everyone else. 
So the scrap metal, you said you can go back and buy buy two pieces. So this is not at all scrap metal, right? Because I'm not paying for pieces of scrap. I, I mean, I guess like you pay something, but it's usually by weight or something. You don't typically pay per piece of scrap. Metal, so well, in in canon, this is all scrap metal. Okay. Okay, so this it's. Is- so it's scrap metal with yes. the big air quotes around it. This is Star Wars registered trademark. Scrap metal registered trademark. Yeah, I, it, it does stink that this has to get ruined for the people who would want more than two pieces for the sake of people who were just... It sounds like buying out the... Because not only is it the two-piece limit, but two-piece limits within your hilt theme right kind of tells me that people were just buying out the store and were also buying stuff that had like nothing that could have to do with their particular lightsaber but at the same time if i figured out some way to fit you know uh i don't know what the themes are so let's just pretend like they're all captain planet themed if i wanted to get a, a heart power a uh, piece of scrap metal to go on my earth-powered lightsaber, and I could figure out a way to make it fit, and I thought it looked cool, it would be nice to be able to do that, but, you know, somebody else had to go and ruin it for me. And Disney's thing does say you are requested to buy only from the hilt theme that you originally chose. So I think you could probably go in there and get whatever you wanted. So maybe if I no... could show them. Yeah. Look, it fits if I just put this glue on it. <laughs> Maybe this is kind of like a, a, an America's Got Talent or, some, you know, you have, to, you have to appear before a panel of cast members to prove the worth of your, your lightsaber design. Some sort of judges. You show them, look, the color scheme matches. It looks that could, great. That could be a much... Disney could make even more money off of this. Just imagine, if, just imagine if they turn the 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 lightsaber building into like an episode of Chopped or something like that. <laughs> I mean, if you if you go up on the website or on the internet and look and and see how different the themes are, it's pretty obvious, you know, that some of that stuff's just not going to fit. Because there's you go in and you choose what kind of Jedi you want to be and what what theme you want the lightsaber to be depends on that and there's just there's a lot of choices you have to make when you first start and you get like a little token that lets you get certain pieces and so i can understand how it might be a little iffy that some of that stuff would fit but i wish people didn't just go and buy you know everything to go sell on ebay yeah but the the market is only there because people are willing to buy it too so yeah yeah I guess it. I guess it is what it is. I noticed that they also said something about the Droid Depot is also going to start limiting scrap metal. Yeah, it looks like it's the same same diff where you go in and you can buy two pieces um, off the same. Theirs are droid belts instead of hilt themes. Let's uh, let's not go into that. So a little inside inside baseball here. I was reading this prior to us starting recording and. I spent far too long trying to figure out what a droid belt was because I thought it was a belt made droids. of droid parts or something. Droids like. don't wear pants. <laughs> yeah. 
but I, I, I later figured out by, you know, looking at the picture that it, it has to do with a belt of droid parts moving around in front of you. It's a uh, conveyor belt. Yes. Yes. For conveying droid parts. Not, which, not belt around my pants. But now I kind of want a droid belt. Which they have. So they have R2 style droids and BB-8 style droids. So basically when they're saying droid belt, that means you can pick pieces. So if you built a BB-8 style droid, you can go to the BB-8 side and pick, you know, two other pieces. And if you built an R2-D2, you know, astromech droid, then you can go to that side and get the R2 style pieces. Because you wouldn't, I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want to go pick out a, an R2 unit dome for your BB-8. Come on. I would. Again, <laughs> I, I just want to know if it's pot, like, can I make some it glue. fit? And if I have a big enough hammer, yes, yes, I can make it fit. So I did find it a little bit interesting, though, that part of this, you know, so they had the the two pieces of scrap metal for each of these locations. And then they also said that uh, Oga's, Oga's is the food place, right? Because mm-hmm. I continue to have trouble remembering which is which. Uh, Oga's was moving to standard reservations and Savi's was also moving to a reservation system with 60 day reservations on both of them. And I actually, you know, you said it it just kind of is what it is, but I find that interesting because for quite a while there, they were keeping it to just the same day reservations. You get there, you head over there immediately to make your reservation or however that was working out. Right. Yeah. But it's also been the disappointing turnout at uh at Galaxy's Edge I think has made them change that so that you just can make reservations as you, as per usual now you know they were very very like very extremely busy for the first little bit but now that the crowds have thinned out and they're you know very low uh, I think they're moving to this because it lines up more with everything else and hopefully people seeing these places in their Disney app when they're making reservations might pull them into the land. Well, and so that's what that's kind of what I'm wondering about. I wonder if the move to reservations, actually 60-day reservations, might not actually help the numbers for visiting these lands because with Disneyland, you're dealing with uh a lot of annual pass holders which I think I heard that a lot of the annual passes have been blacked out as well. I don't know if that blackout has finally been lifted, but they were blacked out for a period there, which also apparently was cutting down on the uh, number of people in the parks. But I feel like, especially if I lived local to the area, right, to get me to show up to rope drop a place that I go to regularly and all for the chance of getting a reservation at one of these places, if that, if that was my reason for going, I wanted to go because I wanted to go try out Oga's Cantina. I feel like it's going to be a lot harder to convince me to do it on the off chance that I might be able to get a reservation. On the other hand, if I know that I have a reservation, then I'm definitely coming. And not having that hanging in the air for me um, 
maybe makes it more likely people are going to show up. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think that will happen. I definitely think it will make people more likely to go because they know they can do these things. And I do I think that's definitely why they've done why they're doing this because they don't need to have this, you know, coming in the morning, put your name down and, you know, we'll send you a text when you can come back kind of system that they've been having. They don't need that anymore. As a as another plus, it brings these places in line with other the other locations like them at Disneyland. Yeah, you don't end up with the weirdness which was, you know, so for example, Skipper Canteen at Magic Kingdom. That was that was kind of a weird one too when you couldn't, you know, it's a it's a sit-down restaurant but you can't make reservations. You just have to show up and put your name on the list and, you know, do it like in a lot of other restaurants, but that just that felt odd when everything else at Walt Disney World didn't work that way. So those things that don't work that way do mess with you quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully hopefully well, this helps with the with the weight. And I'll be interested to see how this affects Walt Disney World as well. And logistically when you have a system that 90% of your stuff is on and then another system that you know 2% of your stuff is on and another system that 5% of your stuff is on when you when you have all these different systems it's logistically much more difficult to keep track and so this you know eliminating this text messaging system or whatever is helpful in that way as well yep okay i'm sold on it good way to go disney uh <laughs> Hopefully, lots and lots of people come and visit, and you get the lines that you guys were expecting, much to the chagrin of everyone who's actually visiting and wants to do these things. Okay, the last thing on our show note list is a nasty green churro, and you put it there, and why did you put a nasty green churro on I put on a nasty green list? churro on there for a, a couple of reasons. First of all, I wanted you to have to see this nasty green churro. I, I definitely recommend go click on the link in the show notes and go look at this nasty green churro. It is the Timestone churro with green apple flavored sugar, icing, and green rock candy. And just the big old chunks of green rock candy and the green sugar are already, to me, an unappetizing thing to see. But the icing, oh, the icing just, so it's kind of got a little drippy thing going on. I, I know that Disney was trying to do a, a thing with all the, you know, uh, what, Infinity Stones. And so that's why they had to make a green tree. But you know what? They didn't. They didn't have to make one because they didn't have to make any of them. And it just, I... Like some of these things, I really wonder. Did 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 what what was the what was the board meeting like where somebody greenlit this idea? Like, did they did they make somebody eat? Did they make a a group of people eat all these churros to and, and no actually one, have to see no way, the final product? There's no way that anybody ate these and said, "Yeah, that's good." This thing, it's first of all, it's not a churro. A, a churro is fried dough with cinnamon and sugar on it. I don't uh, know. It's, it's got it's got sugar on it. 
<laughs> I don't know what the heck this monstrosity is, but it is not a churro. This is a fried stick with rocks on it. And it's just, and the other ones, too. Like, I love the, the top of this article from WDWNT. First paragraph. We were disappointed in the Power Stone churro. Looks disgusting. The Reality Stone churro. Looks disgusting. And the Soul Stone churro. Unfortunately, the Time Stone churro isn't much of an improvement. And at this, I mean, they they all look horrible. Uh, I don't, I, I, I do not understand what the heck is going on <laughs> with these churros. And why does this one have icing on it, Brad? This thing they, looks They very all bad. have and icing on them. And the Power I, Stone one is the worst. You think the, the Power Stone one, is worse? No. I think the purple one is the worst. No, I think this, I think this green one, because green is like, this looks like somebody, this looks like. Somebody Nickelodeon slimed all over a churro. Yeah, but the purple one looks like somebody was eating purple icing and then they sneezed real hard onto this <laughs> oh churro. God. Oh, you shouldn't say that is that it, is just wrong. It's un, it's totally it's so unevenly <laughs> spread upon it. Oh, it's yeah, it's horrible. But, because yeah. it's a because it's a time it's a it's an infinity stone churro. I'm not going to take the time to like carefully portion out this stuff. You knew what you were getting. You saw the photo. You ordered it anyway. You're just getting what you get at that point. It's what I feel like would be the, uh, the idea here. The other thing that was kind of weird to me, though, was looking at the, uh, looking at the, the sign for the, what, I, I guess the advertisement on the side of the, churro stand at california adventure i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know where these are located i seriously thought wait are they putting marvel stuff at uh hollywood studios because does Mm. that not basically look like uh the what is the quick service in the back backlot express yes which i again like i read the words california adventure but then i saw this and i said Okay, this is at Hollywood Studios. How are they pulling this mm-hmm. stuff off at Hollywood Studios? Which I guess isn't shouldn't be too surprising. I mean, there is quite a bit that gets reused in uh the Hollywood land section of California Adventure feels like it would be a pretty good match with Hollywood Studios. And if you'd already sure. done the work to design for one, why not use it at the other? But I don't know. It was almost a little unnerving to me to see that that ad uh style, I guess, with the red the black and the the yellow text and everything. Yeah, it definitely fits in back with Backlot Express and uh, Lights, Motors, Action, and in that area of Hollywood Studios, definitely looked a lot like this as a whole. Yeah, you guys remember that place that that all all of that stuff that yeah isn't really so much a thing anymore. And you know what? I don't even know that Backlot Express still uses that design. They've probably changed it since then. It doesn't. They moved all the signs over here, and now <laughs> California Adventure uses them. Right. Yes. But There's I'm, a finite number of signs, Brad. I'm just glad to know that you saw it and, and said that, yes, it does look like that. Because yeah, I made the, same, made the same assumption. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought maybe I was going a little bit crazy. I mean, I am crazy, but not, not for this. That's all that I really needed to know. And... So I know that I'm not crazy for thinking this looks like Backlot Express, and I'm also not crazy 
for thinking that this is just straight up nasty looking. And I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. And you can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a magical day. Bye.